Welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at gbcakron.org. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at gbcakron.org. That's I-N-F-O at gbcakron.org. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Good morning again. Thank you so much for being here. I'm curious, how many of you have ever heard the phrase, time waits for no one? You ever heard that before? Do you know that's one of the oldest, oldest English phrases in the world. It comes from the second century. Uh, There's records of it uh, before even English was put into letter form as we know it. People were saying time waits for no one. Time is something that controls our life. I'm telling you right now, especially, I mean, we've always had watches, but uh, since the invention of the smartphone, because the smartphone can alert us, you know, uh, you know, it can, gives us those little buzzes and dings and things to remind us of what's happening, what time it is. But if I were to ask you this morning, like right now, if I ask you, what time is it? What would we all do? We would, we would look at our smartphone. We would look at a watch. I've got a clock right there on the wall in front of me. I pretty much ignore it when I'm up here talking, but, but it's right there. It's, it's, a lot of times it'll start flashing when we're running out of time. No, I'm just kidding. But, but um, we would look at our, our watch. We would look at some device to, to find out, well, what time is it? When the Bible talks about time, the answer to what time is it can't be found on a clock. Because time in the Bible is not like the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days that that you and I are living. And so this morning as we look at this passage in Ecclesiastes, Solomon is, he's focusing on time. Time. In fact, this passage that we're going to look at this morning may be one of the most famous passages out of the book of Ecclesiastes. If you're not familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes, if you've never read that book before, you've probably heard these verses that we're about to look at together this morning. And really, for you and I to understand what Solomon is talking about, you and I need to know that God is the king of time. But but again, he's not talking about seconds, minutes, days, and hours. Okay? God is, is sovereign over time, but it's way bigger than the hands on our clock. All right? So let's look at what he's talking about. He begins in chapter 3 by saying this, there is a time for everything. Now, What you and I need to know about the word time is that here the word means more than a duration of minutes, hours, days, months. Time here is referring to an opportunity. So time in the Bible is not hands on a clock. Time in the Bible is opportunity. That's huge. 
that can shift the way you look at life if you and I can understand that time has nothing to do with what's happening on a clock. Time is about opportunity, the opportunities that we have. So he says there is a time for everything and a season. That word season means a fixed time with a purpose in mind. Okay, so time is an opportunity. A season of time is a fixed amount of opportunity that is there to, to fulfill a purpose in our lives. Okay, so there is a time for everything and a season for every activity. So that every activity is everything we engage in as humans. Every activity that you can think of is covered as an opportunity. It's an opportunity in life. It's not just seconds on the, on the clock or minutes that are ticking off or hours that we're keeping up with or days that we're tracking. Time is an opportunity, and God is the king of time. He's the king of our opportunities. And without a doubt, he gives us opportunity in life to fulfill a purpose, Okay, and those opportunities come and go, right? We, most of us in here have been long, alive long enough to know that opportunities come and go in life. You have an opportunity to do something and then that opportunity leaves. And generally other opportunities come. So when it comes to time, we have this opportunity that God has given us to do something in our life. And he's getting ready to go through uh, 14 different examples of opportunities in life, okay? So he says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity, one, uh, every activity under the heavens, okay? So he's, he's, he's saying on earth we have all these opportunities. And then he goes into it. He says a time to be born and a time to die. Now then, we live in a world that because of science and medication and technology, that sometimes we might feel that God's maybe not in charge of life and death anymore, birth and death. Science would somehow challenge that or medicine might challenge that. But Solomon is reminding us God's in charge of those times. He's in charge of that. A time... A time to plant. She dropped her puzzle piece and it rolled right up here in front of me. It was just, that was funny. <laughs> She'll never sit on the front row again. <laughs> so, so he says, there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Successful farmers are aware of the seasons, right? There's no farmer out there planting today, is the, Is there? You don't plant corn in the middle of winter. It won't grow. So there's a time. There's a time for these things. And in life, we must learn to work with the seasons. And in time, they're, 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 you know, uh, we must know when to um, plant new attitudes and behaviors in our life and a time to uproot old attitudes and, and behaviors. There's a, there's a season for that. A time to kill and a time to heal refers to illness and plague, it's not talking about self-defense or, or war right here. Uh, some survive illness, some do not. And 
He's also hinting at the fact here that, that we should not be afraid to use medicine to bring about healing. There's a time for all of this. A time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. Uh, that one is talking about in Palestine it's a very rocky place. I've never been to Palestine, seen pictures, but legend says that there's an old Jewish legend that says that when God sent the angels out, he sent out an angel with rocks to spread all across the world, and he tripped over Palestine and spilled them all there. And so there's a lot of rocks there in Palestine, and so when you have these rocks, you can do two things with rocks. You can pick them up and throw them at your enemies, or you can gather them and build a house or build a fence around your property. So he's saying there's, there's a time to scatter stones, there's a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. That's like you and I saying there's a time to say hello and there's a time to say goodbye. That's a season in life, that's an opportunity. A time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend. In other words, there's a time that, that we grieve in life and there's a time that we accept what has happened and we move on and we mend our life. That's an opportunity. That's a season that we go through. A time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Remember, time is an opportunity. It's not it's not seconds and minutes and hours. It's an opportunity. And Solomon is saying in life, we have all kinds of opportunities. Things that we can choose to be a part of, things that we can choose not to be a part of. Things that we can choose to join in or things that we choose to avoid. Life is filled with these opportunities. And they're connected by our days and our months and our years. And so life is like a puzzle. And that's why I gave you a, a puzzle piece this morning. Life is like a puzzle, and, and each day is an opportunity. You put some days together, that's a season in our life where God is trying to fulfill a purpose in our life, and all we're given is the puzzle piece. And one puzzle piece all by itself doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, does it? I mean, if we, get, if we get too focused on one puzzle piece in life, it distorts the entire puzzle. And, and, then, and then because there's seasons in life and opportunities change, we don't just get one puzzle piece in life, we get multiple puzzle pieces. And, and how are we supposed to make those fit together? Sometimes we can't. Sometimes we can't connect the opportunities and the seasons of life that we have. We have a lot of activity, but we can't seem to connect those activities together. And so we've got all these random puzzle pieces in our life that God has given to us because he's the king of opportunity. He's the king of time. And he gives us all these different puzzle pieces, all these different opportunities. And sometimes, sometimes we're able to put some of them together. And we're able to see what's happening in our life. Sometimes it just looks like a bunch of random pieces. Sometimes we try to make pieces fit together that don't fit. 
We have them in the wrong place. And so life becomes frustrating. And that's what Solomon is talking about. You got to remember the whole book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon saying, I'm frustrated. I can't make sense of what God's doing in my life. And so he's saying, I've got all these different times in life, all these different puzzle pieces. And I can't, I know God's in charge of it, but I can't seem to make it fit. I can't seem, I I can't see the picture God is putting together. He goes on to ask this question. What do workers gain from all their toil? In other words, what do we gain from having all the puzzle pieces? I mean, what's the use of having a puzzle where you have all these pieces, but you, have you ever tried to put a puzzle together and all the pieces are the same color? So frustrating. So frustrating, because I can't, I, I can't get it to come together. So Solomon is saying, I got, a, I got a bunch of puzzle pieces that I can't get together, and what do I gain from all of that? What's the purpose of a bunch of puzzle pieces that I can't put together? And without Christ, without God, the purpose is nothing. Nothing. It doesn't make sense. All the different opportunities of life They don't fit, they don't come together unless unless God, through Christ, helps us. And even then, even then, we still have to trust and have faith in the Lord. You're gonna see that as, as as we go through this. He goes on to say something really interesting. Look at what Solomon says. I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Solomon starts talking about a great burden. He says, I've seen the burden God has placed upon man. And the burden, here's the burden. The burden of time is keeping a good attitude. Think about this with me for just a moment. Every day is like another puzzle piece. Every opportunity in life, and we're wondering, some things happen in life that we don't understand. Somebody dies, we lose the job, or we, I don't know, you, you, you get the job. Something good happens, something bad happens, but how do we make it all fit together? And here's the thing. When something bad happens, can we still trust God? Can we keep a good attitude when we get a puzzle piece that doesn't seem to fit? It doesn't seem to fit with what's going on. But here's the burden. Can I trust God anyway? Can I keep a good attitude anyway? Because he's placed eternity in my heart. He's given me this desire to see the whole picture. But I can't see it. Can I trust him anyway? Can I, can I believe that it's a good picture, that he has made it beautiful in its time, even though to me it just looks like a random puzzle piece that I can't fit anywhere else? Can I trust him? That's the burden. 
He goes on to talk about time. Time offers us some opportunities. Look at what Solomon says. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can uh, taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before, and God will call the past into account. You see, time offers us three opportunities. The first opportunity that it offers us is the opportunity to do good. This is what Solomon says, nothing better for people to be happy and do good. He's talking about keeping a good attitude, being a moral person. That's what it means by doing good. Listen, folks, we can't earn our way to heaven, okay? We can't earn paradise, but we can be good on earth. In fact, God created us to be good on earth, it doesn't, it doesn't give us brownie points, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't mean God loves a good person more than he loves a less good person. It just means that he created us to do good. And time is the opportunity that he has given us to do good, to be good people, to have a good attitude, to do good to those around us. He has given us that opportunity. He's created us for that. For those that believe in Jesus Christ, okay, and I realize uh, everyone here in the room, you, you may not believe in Jesus Christ yet. Those watching online, you may not, you may not have placed your faith in Christ yet, but, but for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, not only do we know that God has given us the opportunity to do good, he actually created us to do good. Because look at what Ephesians says. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has given you and I an opportunity to do good, but if you have followed Jesus Christ, he's made you new in Christ and created you to do good. And the good that he has created you to do, he planned a long time ago. It's new to us. It's a brand new puzzle piece to us. But you see, God already sees the completed picture of our life. He sees all the puzzle pieces completed. You and I see the pieces individually, and we see them as opportunities, and we're trying to fit them together. Another thing that time offers is that it offers us the opportunity to be thankful. Solomon said, eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil, that this is, this is the best thing that can happen. You see, the good things we experience in life are a gift from God. The good things that we have in life, they're a gift. Listen, you get a paycheck, that's a gift. Not everybody gets a paycheck. You realize that, don't you? If you got out of bed this morning and could walk across your room, that's a gift. Not everybody gets to do that. 
Life is full of gifts. Listen, you got up, you get up tomorrow, you get to go to work. That's a gift. Not everybody gets to do that. Do you see see what Solomon is saying? Solomon is saying, look, we have all these gifts from God in life. and, And time is an opportunity to be thankful for what he's done. Just because we don't understand the puzzle piece doesn't mean it's bad. Thank God for the good that we do see, the good that we do understand. And then when we start doing that, listen, when we have a thankful heart for the good that God brings to us in our life, when you and I begin to understand that the good that comes our way in life is a gift from God, from him, and we thank him for that, then we fall in love with the giver more than we fall in love with the gifts, which is the whole goal. Time is an opportunity to be thankful. Look at what Colossians 4 says. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Most of us have gripey, pouty hearts because I didn't get what I wanted to get. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. It's not unfolding like I I, I see all the bad going on in the world. Listen, you see, you and I, we see what we want to see. If you want to see bad, by golly, it's easy. If you want to see God, look, and it starts by being thankful. And you'll see him. You'll see him. Happiness, folks, is not an entitlement. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it comes by being thankful to God. The third thing that time offers us is that it offers us the opportunity to accept that God is God. He's God, not us. Look, Solomon said it this way, everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Time offers us the opportunity to learn God is God. What he is doing, we can't add to what he's doing. We can't take away from what he's doing. He's doing what he's doing. And you and I can either accept it or pout about it. That's it. That's our two options. And time offers us the opportunity to accept that God is God and that he's good. He's good. He's for us. He's not against us. He's for us. When it talks about fearing him, it's not the idea of of cringing before God because you're afraid he's going to make you a little grease spot on the ground. That, that, that's not what fear him means. It's the idea of, of a child who trusts a parent even though they don't understand why the parent did what they did. But they still trust the parent because they know the parent loves them. They know the parent would not hurt them. So they trust the parent even though they don't understand the parent. I understand that some of that goes out the door when they become teenagers. Okay, but that's another issue. In a perfect world, in a perfect relationship, a child will trust the parent even when they don't understand the parent. 
That's what the word fear him means right here. And God says, can't you do that with me? Can't you trust me even when you don't understand me? Can't you trust I'm God? What I'm doing, you can't change. What I'm doing, you can't take away from. Trust me even though you don't understand me. I'm God. That's what time offers us. The opportunity to learn that with each new puzzle piece that we can't seem to make sense of in our life. Look at what the Bible says about this in Psalms 85. He says, surely his salvation is near those who fear him. Listen, when we trust like that, salvation is at the door. It is at the door. Acts, Paul said it this way, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Let me, let me tell you what that verse says to me and you. You and I are living in the right time to find God through Jesus Christ. He created you for now. You are not in the wrong place. You are not here at the wrong time. You are in the right place at the right time to find God through Jesus Christ. Time teaches us that. But there are some hard times. And Solomon doesn't overlook that as he's talking about all these different opportunities that come our way in life. The hardest times are injustice and death. We'll talk more about injustice next week. He kind of does a deep dive into it in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, but he says here this morning, and I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. What is Solomon saying? Solomon is saying, and all these different opportunities that I see, some good, some bad. Here's one that I see that I really can't wrap my, my mind around. Why does God allow injustice to happen? Because here's the puzzle piece I got. Here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at this puzzle piece. It doesn't fit, but not only does it not fit, I don't like what's in the puzzle piece. I see injustice where there, where there should be right there's wrong. Where there should be good, there's bad. Where there should be truth, there's a lie. Where there should be love, there's hate, and it's hurting people. It's injustice. Why would God allow injustice? If he's the God of time, if he's the king of opportunity, why would he do this? He goes on to say, I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. I also said to myself, as for humans, God tests them so that they may see that they are like the animals. This is interesting, because you and I need to be reminded of our place. We think pretty highly of ourselves. Injustice is what reminds us of who we really are. 
and how we really behave as humans. When you and I see injustice, it should do three things. First of all, injustice should trigger us into action. When it is in our power to expose and push back against injustice, we should. Not in our own strength, but as we, as we lean and trust the Lord, we stand up for what's right in the face of what's wrong. Again, we'll talk more about this next week, but definitely injustice should trigger us into action. The second thing is that injustice should increase our faith. Solomon is saying there's a time for everything, including a time for God's judgment. There is a time coming when God will judge all the injustice in the world. And he will set straight what is crooked. The things that you and I can't fix, he will fix. He will make it right. And so when we see injustice, and, it, and when it's out of our power to do anything, and it just breaks our heart that it's happening, it should increase our faith because we know God one day will make that right. One day he will make that right. And we trust, and we hope, and we wait for God to correct all of the injustice in our world. But the third thing injustice should do is injustice should allow us to see ourselves for who we really are. And that's the point of what Solomon is talking about. Why does God delay in correcting injustice? Because time is a test, not for God, for me and you. Time, the opportunities that we go through, the things that we experience in life, it's a test for you and I to see who we are. Who am I in this world? Who is humanity in this world apart from God? Because you see, with every opportunity, with every puzzle piece that you and I get in our lives, it is an opportunity for our character to be revealed. Who are we? Who are we in this opportunity? We should be humbled by our inability to fix the world. That should humble us. Listen, injustice should not cause us to doubt the existence of God. Injustice should cause us to realize our need for him. that make sense? So when injustice comes along, and it's horrible, but when it comes, it's to remind us, oh, our world needs Jesus. I need Jesus. I need him. It's a hard time. It's a hard puzzle piece. He goes on to talk about the next one. He says, surely the fate of human beings is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. All have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless. So this is one of the strongest statements in the Bible of the certainty of death. Okay? Okay? 
I mean, without any doubt, Solomon is saying, we all die. We're just like the animal. The animals die, we die. No one, we're, we're all the same. We're all the same when it comes to this. He goes on to say, all go to the same place. All come from dust and to dust all return. So he's not talking about eternity. He's talking about how we were created. We were created from dust. We will return to dust, period. That happens for all created things. Humans don't get an advantage on this. We came from dust. We go back to dust. Then all of a sudden, Solomon goes all agnostic on us, okay? In other words, he, he, he begins to, like, he's not sure there is a God, and he, he's not saying there's not. He's, not. he's just saying, I'm not sure there is. He's just saying, I, I don't, this, this is my disclaimer, okay? This is, this is how he's writing, because look at what he says. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth? What is he saying? In his despair, in his frustration, he is saying, can we really know anything about life after death? Can we really know anything about heaven, about hell, about God? Is there a God? What he's saying is, the one thing that we know for sure is that we will all die. Aren't you glad you came to church? <laughs> That'll make you feel good, give you a warm fuzzy inside, doesn't it? Listen, the one thing for sure that we know, that we are absolutely certain about, look, there's a lot of questions about life after death. Now, Jesus answers a lot of those questions, but he's not talking about Jesus yet, so we're not talking about Jesus yet in this passage. Jesus gives us a lot of answers. The rest of Scripture gives us a lot of answers about what Solomon is talking about, but right now, what Solomon is saying is that I'm so frustrated with where I am and what's going on. Really, all I know for sure is that everyone dies and that humans have no advantage over the rest of the animals in the world. We came from dust and we will go to dust. Death is the only certainty of life. Is what Solomon is saying. He closes out the chapter by saying, so I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work because that is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? So it's, it's kind of funny. I, I think it's kind of funny what he says here. He basically just kind of throws his hands up in the air and he says, well, since I can't make sense of all of it, here's the best advice I got for humanity. Enjoy your job. It's like the consolation prize for being alive. Enjoy your career. I can't, I can't make sense of anything else. So the best I got, enjoy your career. It's kind of sad, isn't it? But you know what? It's how a lot of people live. They too can't make sense of their life. Maybe you're there. Maybe those watching online, maybe you're there. You know what? You can't seem to make sense out of anything in your life. But I keep going to work. It's all I got. You know, I got to make money. I keep pouring myself into that career. 
That's the consolation prize. That's what Solomon is saying. That's not how God wants us to live our lives. He's looking at life without a perspective of faith in Jesus Christ at all. And that's why it feels so bleak. But that's not what you and I have to do. You and I don't have to feel the frustration that he was feeling. You and I can turn to Christ. You and I can read the rest of the scriptures. You and I can understand that there's a greater purpose and a, and a, and a meaning to, to what's going on, that the, that the puzzle pieces do fit together. They, they do work out. They do make something beautiful. Can we just trust and believe that? Today, in this time, in this time. Let's pray together. Father, our understanding of what you're doing in our lives is so limited. We think very highly of ourselves. We think we know and understand more than we really do. And we get pretty arrogant with our knowledge. We think because we have a bunch of facts that we know. Father, we need to be humbled. We need to be reminded that we only see in part. And who are we to question what you're doing in our lives? Because you see, we're not God, you are. You're the creator, we're the creature. Who are we to tell you what we should do with our lives? Who are we to demand that you do things our way? And so, Lord, you just throw us another puzzle piece that doesn't seem to fit. Trying to teach us the same lesson that the scriptures talk about, just to trust you. Know that you're good. to have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ so that that trust can grow and that faith can develop and our thankful heart becomes set within us. Lord, we need your help to be able to become those kind of followers. Lord, I, I pray that if there's someone in this room or someone watching online that doesn't know you, that they would cry out to you, that they would give you all their, their discombobulated puzzle pieces and trust you with them instead of trying to force them together. Lord, that they would come to you and admit that they're a sinner in need of you. And then, Lord, with time, as they follow you, you help them put some of those pieces together to give them an understanding of who they are and why you created them. Father, we 
pray that for ourselves. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. 